just have that, well, church is going on. Good to go. All right, good to see you. Welcome. I'll do this. Actually, I don't even need this. All right, we'll get started soon. Um, well, now, um, good to could be here with you guys. If you're at home, good to see you. I don't know if our if our man Rob's watching. We love you. We miss you. Yes. We're gonna pray for you here in a second, and we'll jump into the word. All right, uh, Father, thank you for this your word. Thank you for what you are doing. What you what you willed for your son to say, Jesus, you speak the things of the Father. We have a direct voice from God who himself is God. And Spirit, you are applying this to us. So it must be important if the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are active in us trying, in trying to relay this message to us. So help us to receive it. And thank you that you would speak it all and let alone pursue us with such a pursuit uh, to bring your truth in us, and we're going to see today by your grace, and your grace alone is our confession, that just how vital truth is, and just how wonderful the speaker of it is, and we pray as well for our brother Rob, and for his household, we pray for Derek and Becky who have COVID, we pray for Karen as, as she looks onto her husband with a heart that I'm sure is heavy and full and relieved and all these things a mix of uh, at the same time. Uh, pray for encouragement and strength uh, and the heart levels for them. And thank you that you've been gracious and preserving life and your providence and all these matters. It's not often that we have a heart attack. It's not often that we have it just when we get to an exit where the hospital is three minutes away. So all glory to you. All, all good gifts are from the Father uh, of lights who turns without shadow. Thank you. You are wonderful and we give you all glory with what little words we can. May it be in our hearts as well as on our lips. It's for your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. I was facing this way when I started praying. I opened my eyes, I was over there. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, well, yeah, we're in Luke 12. We're going to finish Luke 12 today in here. We're going to start at the end of 12 next week from when it starts. And we are in verse, 20, verse 49. 1249 is where we're at. And Jesus begins by saying this. I came to... He's listed a couple reasons throughout his ministry of why he's come. And I took a picture of it in a commentary. <laughs> and this is, he's told us a couple reasons why he's come into the world. I came that you might have life and have it in abundance, John 10.10. 10. Um, and then again, he said, for even the Son of Man came not to serve, but to serve. He came to give us life and teach us how to live. And then he came to serve us. Um, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So he's our deliverer. He came for that reason too. He came for a lot of reasons. And for this purpose I was born. And for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. He came to preach. He came to tell us the truth. We'll see how what the truth does here in a sec. What, it's, what we've probably already found it doing in our lives, in our families, in our church, even in ourselves. Um, uh, John 18 37 but on this occasion he said I came to bring division probably not one of the first things you think about when you're thinking about Jesus right 
uh, of why he came. We know he came to die for our sins. That's why he died, Paul tells us, and other people tell us. Um, but here he says, I came to cast fire on the earth and wood that were already kindled. So we kind of see his heart here in regards to this, and there's lots of different interpretations as to what he means by this. Um, does he mean cast the fire uh, of uh, baptism of fire, which he, the next line kind of puts us in that direction to ba baptize with uh, us. John baptized with water, he will come and baptize with fire. Uh, uh, that's a picture of the Holy Spirit. Um, amongst other, amongst a, there's a bigger, we'll talk about that a different time. <laughs> um, and, but, and it could be a fire of judgment uh, as the creator of the world is coming to judge the world. We do see Jesus as Lord, Savior, Redeemer, Protector, and all these wonderful things. We, 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 we love to think about him in these terms, but we, he's also judge. Uh, and that's, that's not a bad thing for us. Um, that, it's a sobering thing, and it's a really good thing to be sober-minded. sober, sober minded. Um, And would that were already continued. And, and he says, I came to cast fire on the earth, and would that it were already kindled. Like, it, it almost makes it sound like Jesus... He, the same as we want to get over, just get it over with in this world. It almost get the feeling like Jesus is like has the same feeling. Just he wants to get there. He he's he's getting to get to the everlasting good part of all things. But he has to be faithful and accomplish everything he needs to to accomplish that ultimate goal of being our Lord and Him being. judging me mm -hmm. or like I'm judging somebody and everything and you know I think the Lord judges Christians as well mm -hmm. that's the difference between judgment and condemnation right and this morning when I heard Leonard speak the fire that he puts on uh, the people we think it's hell and I just thought about it the fire is purifying pure gold. Yeah. And depends on what context you're talking about. Yeah. Does that mm -hmm. when we're because we're Christians, and so we get judged all the time. Yeah. And I feel sometimes I'm judged as well when someone might tell me to correct me. But yeah, it's actually it's a purifier for me to examine myself and be able to, you know, yeah. so. When we use that word judgment, we think it's hell and fire, right. or you know, fire and yeah. you know where we go and at the yeah. Um, so I, I don't know what you. That's how I took yeah. it this morning, and I, I was blessed. No, that's good. That's a timely <laughs> thing to say as well. Because yeah, we Paul says what did he say at the beginning of Romans? Therefore, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. It go. doesn't that's, exist anymore. He drank every drop of the cup. It's gone. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, we can feel pretty condemned sometimes, but right, right, we have feelings of it, but the reality of it is Jesus drank it away. It's, it's, it's gone of condemnation. We can feel condemned, but we're not being condemned. We're being convicted, so we're really being graced. We're not being, convic we're not being condemned. We're being graced. 
Uh, and yes, Christians will stand before God just as the rest, all of, everybody's going to stand before God and give an account. Uh, and we can talk, we can go to 1 Corinthians 3 and talk about it. It's based on what we did with Jesus here, you know. Um, so it'll burn away the rest of our lives to find the, the, the gold of what we did with Jesus here. And we'll take that and that'll be our basis of our eternal inheritance. And he'll, we'll, and what we did, we'll be, we'll be judged, but we won't be condemned. We'll escape through the fire, it says. Uh, some of us by the skin of our teeth, it says. <laughs> but like the one that didn't really do a whole, whole lot with Christ. But then another thought they too, still get passed I'm on. Gonna, I'll be done with it. Sure. The 70 times 7, we're supposed to forgive others. Uh -huh. 70 times 7. Endlessly. It's really God. Oh, yeah. Forgiven me. 70 times 7 any day. Yeah, he's forgiven us endlessly, that, so we... That is a blessing in itself for a Christian. Yeah. That's, that's all I got to say. I love it, yeah. Go ahead. So, the... The Bible is just so, like, so complex. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, so... Between the, the old and the new. The, the judgment... Like, if we look at judgment as being condemned, then we're not growing. But then in the Bible, it also says iron will sharpen iron. And, you know, if we're being judged, we could be looking at someone's trying to sand off something that's not fitting or yeah. something. Okay, yeah. And, and, or, you know, kind of like. You mean they're thinking of it wrong? Or no, what? Or no. Are you talking about like the shaping quality yeah, the, of. Yeah. Judgment. Of uh, you know, like conviction? Conviction. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I got you. You know, just, you know, kind of. Sure. That's the ministry. We can yeah. always look at things on the negative. Mm -hmm. Right. But if we're feeling something, we're also needing to look at that. Not necessarily to be condemned or shamed, but to just say, okay, so they're seeing that in me. Mm -hmm. What, okay. what is that? Where, where is that being misdirected? Sort of. In other like, words, instead of judging others, we should also judge us. No, but someone who may judge us, it's for our good. No matter yeah, how. Yeah. But they're God seeing something. They're yeah. seeing and something to in to us. Now, yeah. depending upon in which vein that they're coming right. at us, you know, if they're, they're coming at us to cause harm, yeah. then yes, that's going to be like, wait, stop. Right. But if they're not coming to cause harm, they're coming to bring good, mm -hmm. yeah, then that's right. That's right. we need yeah. to be like, well, what part of my right. aura needs to be sanded or sharpened or, you that's know, kind right. of that's look right. at it different. Okay. I mean, just... But it's so complex. It's mm -hmm. like, well, really, how do you? <laughs> I don't know. You know, the yeah. words, it's never 100% with us. We're always, we take it wrong. Or, or we take it wrong when uh, we judge others. Is, is, is it, uh, huh? how's the? It's the motive. Well, how do you tell yeah. when it's conviction and when it's judgment? Yes. Is, that, is, is that somewhat of what you're asking? Something of the like. But okay. like, how do you know the motive? in which you're supposed to be, you know, uh, because because yeah. God, Jesus is coming, we gotta say that okay, to give our life, to give us life, 
the, mm-hmm. you know, but then he, he has to do it through fire to purify. Right. But what part of that is working? You might not ever know. How do you know when you're being refined by the fire or burned by it? Yeah. Okay. Well, being rooted in this lets you know. It, uh, it's actually the spirit in you. It's his ministry to convict you. Um, and sometimes, you know, a, a brother or sister who comes along says and says, hey, I see this in your life. That could be how the spirit is working out that process. Um, but it's going to be in a direction that this approves of. Okay, thanks. Okay, yeah. so it's, it's not going to be... It, yeah, it's gonna be. It's it's always gonna be in an effort to get you to align of what this says is good and the direction you should go. That's a brother who, and a sister who loves you. Uh, Proverbs something something says, you know, faithful are the wounds of a brother. You know, uh, like someone who loves you enough to say this hard thing to you and not, and who doesn't love themselves enough to keep it to themselves, or you know, they love themselves so much that they won't tell you, you know, hey, you've got a um, faithful are the wounds of a friend. It says better, you know, better are the wounds of, of a friend than the kisses of the enemy. Yeah. So, and it's the difference between encouragement and flattery sometimes. Are they trying to flatter you? Do you see an agenda that detonates on them? Or are they trying to encourage you? The difference between the encouragement and flattery sound an awful like like each other, but encouragement... Uh, Flattery seeks for itself. Flattery always has an agenda. Encouragement is selfless, and it's supposed to be for the better of the other person. They sound an awful like that. Got each other. Like they sound an awful lot alike each other, but they're different. They're way different. They're way there's, different. There's different ways to make judgments. Yeah. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we have to make judgments mm-hmm. ourselves to what's right and wrong. So. There's an area in there of just how judgment is used. He mm-hmm. says we have to use righteous judgment. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a righteous yeah. judgment, but so you call out something that's wrong. Space yeah. in there yeah, for whatever the circumstances is to yeah. judge. A lot of the times, how it works is the Spirit's going to take what you know, and He's going, and there's the sin in our life, it comes, we don't have to try to find it. It's always right there, right? <laughs> It's, it's easier, it's one of the most easiest things, like, Lord, what is my life is offensive to you? It, he puts it right there. He wants, he wants it gone. He wants to deal with it. We want to hold on to it. Um, as if we don't feel safe without it. Um, and he's going to come and by his word, by the love of it, by his power and his spirit come and release you from it. And there's, there's a little bit of a struggle that takes place there, but ultimately if we don't harden our hearts, he wins and takes it from us. And we fear, you know, we're free from what we feared we'd miss. And we're in a better place before. And sometimes, you know, we're going to get burned. I wish that, you know, even ourselves, we're going to say something to somebody that we're going to have to apologize for. Like, you know, my motive wasn't so great in this. Like, Messiness is just a part of it as the battle. Um, 
Okay, so then verse 50, he says, I have a, bap I have a, baptize, a baptism to be baptized with, and how great is my distress until it is accomplished. So he, you know, in, the, in the first half of this, he's telling his disciples, fear not. And then he tells them, he teaches them, he coaxes them out of their, he doesn't coax, he teaches them out of their anxieties and fears, and he, he, he puts all their fear in him, so they're not feared of, afraid of anything else. He, and then we've, in the last few weeks, we said, he just told us not to worry about certain things, seek his kingdom first, and all this will be provided for you. And then you see the distress of our Savior, because the baptism he's going to be baptized with is one of suffering and agony. It's, it's, it's kind of a prelude to the prelude of the cross. You know, he's, he's in such agony in the garden that he sweats like drops of blood, right? Um, and he knew the, he had to complete it. Yes. Okay. He, he, was, he knew he was going to drink the full force of God's wrath on himself. And he knew what that was going to be like. It's a vague picture in our mind. It's clear in his. And he's in distress because he knows what's coming. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this, this, is, this amazing Jesus knows this is coming. I wouldn't be able to think about anything else. I would be in distress and completely paralyzed by it. And I'd just fall on the ground and die. It was like I'd throw Peter. up first. Yeah. He told Peter where he was going to end up. Yeah. Yeah. Did that bother him when he was still alive? I mean, that'd be on my mind. Whoa. Yeah. You know? But, yeah. But he still was able to preach the word. Right. Some of the apostles. Yeah. Or I mean, Peter. Yeah. Uh, he told him how he was going to die. Yes. And yet Jesus knew, like you say, he knew everything. When Pilate even said, don't you know I have the life in my hands? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Jesus said, you wouldn't have it if my father hadn't given it to you. Yeah. And he knew. Yeah. And yet, but as a human being, he suffered what we do. Right. The anxiety, the terror. Yeah. And he endured for the glory set before him, Hebrews. Right. Yeah, right. And then he says this in verse 51. Do you think that I... Can I breathe? <laughs> Do you think that I have come to give peace on earth? Well, we know that that's something he did as well. He's the prince of peace. He came to bring peace. As Leonard said, uh, when Mary and everybody at the beginning of the book of Luke saying, here is, here's our peace, here's our... Um, uh, consolation um, but there's something else that he came to accomplish as well in order to accomplish that peace do you think that I've come to put peace to give peace on earth no I tell you but rather division and then he says from now on but for first division um, unity with the right thing means division from the wrong things. Um, so, in, in, and there's nothing more dividing than the question of Jesus. Jesus himself said, you're either with me or against me, and he's, he, he, he graciously goes about giving, making himself the only option that we have to choose, the only refuge that there is. And in your faith, in your walk with God, if he is your, if you're not reliant on anything else but God, Christ alone, that's how you know you're a Christian. I rely, like so when you you're prepared for that moment when you stand before him, um, and, he's, and he and you, we imagine him asking the question, "Why should I allow you into my kingdom?" You, you're all I have. 
I, I have no righteousness. It's not, Lord, I did all these wonderful things in your yeah. life. Don't you know when I was in third grade, I held yeah. you know, that woman across the street, right? You count that, right? Yeah. Uh, that's good. No, we're not relying on our resume that we're creating by our good works, and we shouldn't have that mentality when we're doing our good works. We do our good works, we forget about them, say thank you, Lord, for letting me do them. Um, no. And so this is a massive, he's a mass, there is no more div dividing or divisive question than Christ and Christ alone. Well, that's a division yeah. that we have in our families. Some will not believe that it's only Christ is the one we've got to believe in to have eternal life or yeah. God. And that's where the, that's where it draws a line with people that don't have the Holy Spirit to convince right. them. Or, you know, I'm mm -hmm. just saying, that's where the division is. Mm -hmm. We just believe in Jesus, but then there's, when he, when he, on his way to the cross, there was many gods. Yeah. And they really believed in it. Yeah. Amazingly, you know, the Romans, the Greeks. They were fine with multiple gods. Multiple gods. Their ancestors and everything else, and yeah. So it's like that today. That's the way it is kind of like today, like, you know, like. As long as you believe, it doesn't matter what you believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's where we're going with And all these different things. We have it's all the same God. Yeah. You, you say these silly things that kind of think, that sum up ultimately nothing so that you don't have to deal with anything. Um, and then he came and, he, and then he says this, for from now on in one house there will be five divided, three against two, and two against three, and they will be divided, father against son, and son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. So this doesn't sound very Christ-like, right? You know, we don't, we don't hear a lot about this Jesus in popular Western American Christianity, right? But this is the best Jesus. Because, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, we didn't exactly. sing that one this morning, did we? <laughs> okay. Yeah, we should have texted this or uh, thought this on Family Day. No, Spurgeon says this. Christ is not loved at all if he is not loved above all. He is only worthy to be first. Any other, if he's below that in any other position then he's in the wrong place and we need to get things right. And um, there's something in, in Jesus, because the reality is um, Christ must prevail over our most intimate relationships. These are in-house family things. Jesus didn't just come and divide himself. There's a world on this side. It gets so far as that division being in your own home. And it gets so far deeper than that next week because he's going to ask, he's going to, next week is about repentance. So we need to divide from things in our own self. So the dividing line of Christ, there's nowhere it doesn't cut through. And truth and doctrine are the difference between all matters, who, you, who we believe Jesus is. If you go read 2 John, you'll, you'll see this clear in that little book of a dozen or so verses. He says, John says, I can't see you now, I want to, but until I get there, if, if stay in this teaching, and, he, and, he, and he, he writes all his epistles for that reason, stay away from this, go towards this, this, if anybody teaches a different gospel, Paul tells the Galatians, there is truth divides, truth um, to 
our relationships, to our sin, to our culture, to the world, truth does what an axe does to wood. And it's such a gracious thing. Jesus says, by the truth, uh, uh, you will know the truth and truth will set you free. Okay, so Jesus comes in with his truth and he speaks to our life. And what his truth does is cut our sin off us if we're in a good position to be with him. And uh, it divides between joint and marrow, the Bible says. Like it gets in, into you and it separates you from that's what he's trying to save you from. And it doesn't feel good. And so this is not very popular stuff, but it's the best stuff. Because it, it's accomplishing the best thing. The hardest things accomplish the best thing, you know? That's why Jesus, the, the, the truth is referred to as a hammer in Jeremiah, a sword in Ephesians, and other places, because it separates us and creates those good divisions and cuts off, you know, it prunes us, it refines us. It's all the same thing that we're talking about. And, you know, your relationship with the truth determines what you think about Jesus. You know, what truth am I believing? What, what doctrines am I life set on? We don't think about it that much. Doctrine in today's Christianity is kind of a bad word. And it shouldn't be, because there's beautiful doctrines and truths that we hold. It's the truth that determines where we are with Christ. You know, you don't get to the... It determines how we act. What we believe right. determines how we can act. All of what we do, our preaching, our singing, it's all doctrinal. And our doing, our loving, we don't just like... God doesn't want us to have a blind faith. He wants us to have an informed faith. So we don't just like go out and willy-nilly love one another and hope that God counts that to our credit, credits that to our account. Our love is informed by love, I mean, in, or by his love. He loved us first, so you love like him. Go read the book of 1 John. It's like he keeps circling back around to that um, throughout the book. We love because, and he sets our, our motive right in that instant, because he first loved us. And so we take him into the love that we're giving uh, uh, whoever we're loving with it, you know? Uh, I had uh, talking about mother-in-law and stuff about that. Yeah. And so I had talked to Adrian. Mm -hmm. And I said to Adrian, I said, I want to have an open relationship with you. And I said that... Uh, that if I should ever say anything that maybe hurts you, that I maybe didn't realize that I had said something, mm -hmm. I said, please come to me and tell me. I want to know mm -hmm. because I don't want friction. I, I don't want that. And, and uh, or vice versa, you know, yeah. whatever. But I said, if there's anything, please come to me. Let us get it out in the open because I said, yeah. I considered you as my daughter, mm -hmm. and I considered you as a sister in Christ, mm -hmm. and and so I want to have an because in family talking about that they've been through that, and I don't want that because uh, then that makes a division between all of us, the whole family, and yeah. I don't want that. So and I said if I ever to anybody, yes. you guys, if yeah. I happen to say something, if I Come to me, please come to me. Yes, and get it out in the open because maybe sometimes I'll say something. I don't don't mean it that way, but yeah. someone might take yeah. it that way. Yeah. So we've had very open. That's good. Uh, That's awesome. yeah. I want to have that. 
Yeah. Because uh, I said you're my daughter also, and but you're my sister in Christ. So, yeah. um, and that for, goes for anybody. See, those are the good unified family dynamics that you know keep the unity going and keep yeah. Christ uppermost. You know, that's that's good. Yeah. <laughs> something over there. All right. A bat. <laughs> <laughs> said to the crowds, when you see a cloud, okay, now these terms from, um, he turns to the crowds and speaks openly. When you see a cloud rising in the west, and you say at once a shower is coming, and so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, and you, said, and you say, there will be a scorch, that you're, there will be a scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky, but you, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? All right, so what he's saying is, you... He doesn't like level men. <laughs> yeah, that's the, what's what he's saying. Can't trust those guys, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, he's saying, you know how to look at today, and you know what's coming tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we can read the parables, and there's a lot of stuff that you can relate that would be horizontal, you know, to each one of us. All right. Horizontal yeah. to other people. God is trying to talk to, to the Jews, his own people, and they had the scriptures look horizontal, what right. Christ is trying to explain to them. But they knew the, they know the horizontal part. Yeah. So you look at this present time and what's <laughs> happening. He's there. The Messiah has come. Yeah. And he's telling them. The religious yeah. leaders are in this crowd, but he's talking to he said he's talking to the crowd. He said to the crowds, he's, this is everybody who has ears, you know. He's saying, You know how to look at today and know about tomorrow, but you miss the entire forecast of the Old Testament, and you're missing the promised Messiah right here in front of you. Now, um, he's saying, you act like nothing's wrong, like everything's okay. But the word says different. I'm, if, you know, if a Messiah is needed, that means the people who need saved are in a bad position. No one who is in a good position needs saved. By, by association, it means you need help. You need helped. And they miss the forecast of the Old Testament. And I, I, I shot my mind to John 7, the end of that, before it goes into 8. Um, this is how blind, just the, the religious leaders, the upper, but the people who are supposed to be teaching. And so, when the teachers are bad, the people go on from being bad to worse, Paul tells Timothy. And he says this, I just thought of this text, this is uh, John 7, verse 40. There's a division about who he is. And when they heard these words, some of them said, this really is the prophet. And others said, this is the Christ. But some said, is the Christ, is the Christ to come from Galilee? 
Has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the offspring of David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David was? And so there was a division among the people over him. Some of them wanted to arrest him, but others laid hands on him. The officers then came to the chief priests and the Pharisees, reporting back to them, and said, and the, uh, the Pharisees said, after sending these soldiers, <coughs> temple soldiers out, um, why did you not bring him in? Then the officers answered, no one ever spoke like this man. And the Pharisees answered, have you also been deceived? Have any of the, author have any of the authorities or the Pharisees believed in him? Well, some did. Not every Pharisee was against Jesus. But this crowd that does not know the law, it's funny and ironic that they say that after what is about to happen. And then Nicodemus stands up, he's the one who did. Nicodemus, who had gone to him before, the beginning of this book, and who was one of them, said to them, does our law, so he defends Jesus, def judge a man without first giving him a hearing and hearing what he's done? And they said, are you from Galilee too? They're kind of saying, are you in cahoots with all the people who are starting to believe in him? And they, it's a, he sets a mocking tone. Are you from Galilee too? And hear this. Search, the, search and see that no prophet arises from Galilee. Now that just goes to show that the people who were in charge of teaching the Old Testament didn't know their own stuff and could not you know, look at the Old Testament and see Jesus in front of them right now in the text that we're in. Search the scriptures and see that no prophet arises from Galilee. Jonah was from Galilee, from a place called Beth-Hodge, something like that, in, in, in Galilee. So there's one, that's a major one. There are no major or minor prophets, so just speak more than others, they're all just prophets. Um, so there's Jonah, where we get the book of Jonah from. Um, Nahum was from Galilee. He gets his own book too. And I think in Nahum 1.1, it says, it, he, it names off a region of Galilee. And Elijah, the figurehead of the prophets himself, was from the region of Galilee. Missed. All of it. Wow. So that's what Jesus is dealing with here in the blindness of these people who he's right to call hypocrites. You know how to interpret the earth, but you do not know how to interpret the present time. And so he says this. We didn't get this in service today. Leonard's going to put it before our message next week. And why... Do you not judge for yourselves for your uh, and why do you not judge for yourselves what is right well we don't have very good judgment apart from God as you go about with your accuser before the magistrates make every effort to settle with him on the way lest he drag you to the judge and the judge hand you over to the officer and the officer put you in prison I tell you you will never get out until you have paid the last penny Essentially, he's just warning them. You can't stand before God the way that you are. He's, he's, if you're not on the right side of the divide, it, you're never going to be able. We owe a, an, an unpayable, we can't pay back God. We are an unsatisfiable debt to God. So it doesn't, you'll be paying and you'll be paying and you'll never 
pay off your debt. And so we'll only ever be in prison if we don't repent. And so that's what it goes into next week. So we make every effort to settle with him. And the door to a restored relationship with God is repentance. Repentance isn't a bad word. It's one of the most gracious words there are. We get to change. We don't know how beautiful repentance is until we get to the other side of it, though. <laughs> but as you go through life and you, you bear fruit in repentance, you actually get more excited to repent as you get further in your Christian faith. Some of the stuff that you repented of uh, earlier on in your faith, you didn't see until he made you aware of it now, and, and now it's time to work on this, and it starts again, and we just keep going through that until glorification. We'll talk about that next week, but that's what we got. Christ alone. If that's the only message we ever come, the only conclusion we ever come to here, it's the only conclusion we need to come to anywhere. So we're going to keep coming to it. He keeps bringing us to it. Father, thank you um, for the opportunity to open your word have good conversation, to be refined, to gain wisdom and know how to interpret the times. The best way to interpret the times is to look at the one who holds all time. It's you. Stay us in your knowledge. May your knowledge stay in us. May we be those people who are mindful of what direction to go and able to decipher the things that we hear. Uh, pray for Robin as you grant her this wisdom according to the question that she asked. And uh, uh, thank you for Joe's input on you know, a Christian being judged and condemnation and how we were able to, decide to, to, to look at your word and bring forth in us an understanding of, well, we are in a safe place because you've put it there, but our sin, our sin is still not safe within us. And so we gladly forego it and divide from it. We can stand before you in boldness one day because of what you've done to accomplish that very moment in time in our future. You are preparing us for everything that we need to stand before you. You've given us everything we need to stand before you. Help us to receive him, our Savior, and every word he has to say, the full Christ and nothing but. And it's for his wonderful name we pray.